0: D six. It had been a sudden strange fancy, but a stupid plan. Now, out here, all the drawbacks were visible. How would she have got Paul home? Would he have wanted to come? Could she have managed it? Even if he was still alive, how could she hope to get him out of a prison? So, you'll be guerrilla fighters, eh? said Mr. DeWord behind her madmen all of you no we are not irregulars said blouse we kissed the duchess we are soldiers oh well said the word then i admire your spirit at least ah otto the vampire iconographer ambled up and gave them a shy smile do not be afraid i am a black ribboner just like your corporal he said light is mine passion now oh uh well done said blouse "'Take the pictures, Otto,' said DeWord. "'These gentlemen have a war to fight.' "'Out of interest, Mr. DeWord,' Blouse interrupted, "'how did you get the pictures back to your city so quickly? "'Magic, I assume?' "'What?' DeWord looked momentarily off-balance. "'Oh, no, sir. Wizards are expensive, "'and Commander Vimes has said that there is going to be "'no first use of magic in this war. "'We send things by pigeon to our office in the keep, "'and then by clacks from the nearest trunk tower.' "'Oh, really?' said Blouse, "'showing rather more animation than Polly had seen up to now. "'Using numbers to indicate a scale of grey shades, perhaps?' "'Mind God's!' said Otto. "'Well, yes, as a matter of fact, we do,' said word. "'I'm very impressed at you. "'I have seen the Clacks Towers on the far bank of the K'nec,' "'said Blouse, his eyes lighting up. "'Very clever idea, using big shuttered boxes "'rather than the old-fashioned semaphore arms.' And would I be right in my surmise that the box on the top which opens its shutters once a second is a a kind of system, a uh, clock, that makes certain the whole clax line keeps in step? Oh, good. Thought so. One beat a second is probably the limit of the mechanisms, so no doubt all your efforts now are concentrated on maximising the information content per shutter operation? Yes, I imagine that would be the case. As for sending pictures, well... "'Sooner or later, all things are numbers, yes?' "'Now, of course, you would use each of the two columns of four boxes "'to send a grey code, but it must be very slow. "'Have you considered a squeezing algorithm?' "'DeWord and Huyk exchanged a glance. "'Are you sure you haven't been talking to anyone about this, sir?' "'said the writer. "'Oh, it's all very elementary,' said Blau, smiling happily. "'I had thought about it in the context of military maps,' which are, of course, mostly white space. So I wondered if it would be possible to indicate a required shade on one column, and on the other side indicate how far along that rank that shade would persist. And a delightful bonus here is that if your map was simply in black and white, then you have even more. You haven't seen inside a clack's tower, have you? said the word. Alas, no, said Blouse. This is simply thinking aloud based on the de facto existence of your picture.' I believe I can see a number of other little mathematical (coughs) tricks to make the passage of information even swifter, but I'm sure these have already occurred to you. And, of course, a fairly minor modification could potentially double the information burden of the whole system at a stroke. And, of course, that is without using coloured filters at night, which I'm certain, even with the overhead of extra mechanical effort, would surely increase throughput by... I'm sorry, did I say something wrong? The two men wore a glazed expression. DeWord shook himself. "'Oh, uh, no, nothing,' he said. "'And you seem to have got the grasp of things very quickly.' Though it was quite straightforward once I started thinking about it,' said Blaise. "'It was exactly the same when I had to redesign the department's filing system, you see. People build themselves something that works. Then circumstances change, and they have to tinker with it to make it continue to work.' "'and they are so busy tinkering that they cannot see that a much better idea "'would be to build a whole new system to deal with the new circumstances. "'But to an outsider the idea is obvious. "'In politics as well as uh, filing systems and claxes, do you think?' said the word. "'Blowsy's brow wrinkled. "'I'm sorry, I don't think I follow,' he said. "'Would you agree that sometimes—' "'A country's system is so out of date "'that it's only the outsiders "'that can see the need for wholesale change,' "'said DeWord. "'He smiled. "'Lieutenant Blouse did not. "'Just a point to ponder, maybe,' said DeWord. "'Since you wish to tell the world of your defiance, "'would you object if my colleague takes your picture?' "'Blouse shrugged. "'If it gives you any satisfaction,' he said, "'it's an abomination, of course, "'but these days it's hard to find something that isn't.' You must tell the world, Mr. De Werd, that Borogravia won't lie down. We will not give in. We will fight on. Write that down in your little notebook, please. While we can stand, we will kick. Yes, but once again, may I implore you to. Mr. De word, you have, I am sure, heard the saying that the pen is mightier than the sword. De word preened a little. <laughs> of course, and I. Do you want to test it? Take your picture, sir, and then my men will escort you back to your road. Otto, shrieked, stood up and bowed to Blouse. He unslung his picture-box. Oh, this will only take one minute, he said. It never does. But Polly watched in horrified fascination as Otto took picture after picture of Lieutenant Blouse in a variety of what the lieutenant thought were heroic poses. It is a terrible thing to see a man trying to jut out a chin he does not, in fact, have— "'Very impressive,' said the word. "'I just hope you live to see it in my paper, sir.' "'I shall look forward to it with the keenest anticipation,' said Blais. "'And now, Perks, please go along with the sergeant "'and put these two gentlemen back on their way.' Otto sidled up to Polly as they walked back to the cart. "'I need to tell you something about your vampire,' he said. "'Oh, yes?' "'You are a friend of his?' said Otto. "'Yes,' said Polly. "'Is something wrong?' "'Sir, is a problem?' "'He's got twitchy because he's run out of coffee.' "'Alas, if only it was that simple,' Otto looked awkward. "'You have to understand that when a vampire foregoes the B-word, "'there is a process that we call transference. "'They force themselves to desire something else. "'For me, this was not painful. "'I crave the perfection of light and shade. "'Pictures are my life, but your friend chose coffee.' and now he has none. Oh, I see. I wonder if you do. It probably seemed so sensible to him. It is a human craving, and no one minds if you say, as it might be, I'm dying for a cup of coffee, or I'd kill for a cup of coffee. But without coffee he will, I'm afraid, revert. You understand this is very difficult for me to talk about, Otto trailed off. By revert. You mean, first, will come mild delusions, I think, a psychic susceptibility to all kinds of influences from who knows where, and vampires can hallucinate so strongly that they can be contagious. I think that is happening already. He will become erratic. This may last for several days, and then his conditioning will break, and he will be once again a true vampire, "'No more Mr. Nice Coffee Drinker guy. "'Can't I do anything to help him?' Otto reverentially laid his picture-box in the back of the cart and turned to her. "'You can find him some coffee, or you can keep a wooden stake and a big knife ready. "'You would be doing him a favour, believe me. "'I can't do that.' Otto shrugged. "'Find someone who will.' "'He is amazing,' said DeWord as the cart rocked back down through the trees. "'I know the clax is against your religion, but he seems to understand all about it.' "'Like I said, sir, he assesses stuff,' said Jackram, beaming. "'Mind like a razor.' "'He was talking about clax algorithms that the companies are only just now investigating,' said DeWord. "'That department he was talking about.' "'Ah, I can see nothing gets past you, sir,' said Jackram. "'Very hush-hush.' can't talk about it. To be frank, Sergeant, I'd always assumed that Borough Gravia was, well, backward. Jackram's smile was waxy and bright. If we seem to be a long way back, sir, it's only so's we can get a good run up. You know, Sergeant, it's a great shame to see a mind like that wasted, said the word as the cart lurched in a rut. This is not an age of heroes and famous last stands and death-or-glory charges. Do your men a favour and try to tell him that, will you?' "'Wouldn't dream of it, sir,' said Jackram. "Here is your road, sir. "'Where will you be heading now?' "'To Conec Valley, Sergeant.' "'This is a good story, Sergeant. "'Thank you. "'Allow me to shake you by the hand.' "'Glad to hear you think that, sir,' said Jackram, extending his hand. "'Polly heard the faint clink of coins in their passage from palm to palm. "'Deward took the reins. "'But I must tell you, Sergeant, "'that we'll probably send off our stuff by pigeon within the hour,' he said. "'We will have to say you have prisoners.' "'Don't worry about that, sir,' said Jackram. "'By the time their mates come out here to rescue these gallopers, "'we'll be halfway back to the mountains—our mountains.' They parted. Jackram watched them out of sight and turned to Polly. "'Him with his airs and graces,' he said. "'Did you see that? "'He insulted me by giving me a tip.' He glanced at his palm. "'Hm. 5 more pork dollars.' "'Well, at least he's a man who knows how to insult you handsomely,' he added, and the coins disappeared into his jacket with remarkable speed. "'I think he wants to help us, Sarge,' said Polly. Jackram ignored that. "'I hate bloody Yankmore Pork," he said. "'Who are they to tell us what to do? Who cares what they think?' "'Do you think we can really join up with deserters, Sarge?' "'Nope. They deserted once, what's to stop em a second time?' They spat on the Duchess when they deserted. They can't kiss and make up now. You get one kiss, that's all. But Lieutenant blows. The Rupert should stick to his sums. He thinks he's a soldier. Never walked on a battlefield in his life. All that rubbish he gave your man was death or glory stuff. And I'll tell you, Perks, I've seen death more often than I care to remember, but I've never clapped eyes on glory. I'm all for sending the fools to look for us where we ain't, though. He's not my man, Serge said Polly. Yeah, well, you're at home with the writing and reading, grumbled Jackram. You can't trust the people who do that stuff. They mess around with the world, and it turns out everything you know is wrong. They reached the gully again. The squad had come back from their various hiding places, and most were clustered around one of the newspapers. For the first time, Polly saw the picture. It was actually quite good, especially of Shufti and Wazza. She was mostly hidden by the bulk of Jackram, but you could see the sullen cavalrymen behind them and their expressions were a picture in themselves it's a good one of tonka said igarina who didn't lisp so much when there were no officers to hear do you think having a picture like this is an abomination unto noggen? said shufty nervously probably said polly absent-mindedly most things are she ran her eye down the text next to the picture it was full of phrases like plucky farm boys and Humiliation of some of Slovenia's best troops and sting in the tail. She could see why it had caused trouble. She rustled through the other pages. They were crammed with strange stories about places she'd never heard of and pictures of people she didn't recognize. But one page was a mass of gray text under a line of much bigger printing which read, Why this mad state must be stopped. Bewildered, her eye picked up phrases from the sea of letters disgraceful invasions of neighbouring states, deluded worshippers of a mad god, a strutting bully, outrage after outrage, flying in the face of international opinion. "'Don't you lads read that rubbish. You don't know where it's been,' said Sergeant Jackram jovially, arriving behind them. "'It'll all be lies. We are leaving, right? Corporal Maledict?' Maledict, emerging from the trees, gave a lazy salute. He was still wearing his blanket.' What are you doing out of uniform? I'm in uniform underneath, Sarge. We don't want to be seen, right? Like this, we become part of the jungle. It's a forest corporal, and without bloody uniforms, how the hell will we know our friends from our enemies? Maledict lit a cigarette before he replied. The way I see it, Sarge, he said, the enemy is everyone but us. Just one moment, Sergeant, said Blouse. "'who had looked up from a newspaper "'and had been watching the apparition with considerable interest. "'There are precedents in antiquity, you know. "'General Song Sang Lo moved his army disguised as a field of sunflowers, "'and General Tacticus once commanded his battalion to dress as spruces. "'Sunflowers,' said Jackram, his voice oozing with disdain. "'Both actions were successful, Sergeant.' "'No uniforms, no badges, no stripes, sir.' "'Possibly you could be an extra-large bloom,' said Blouse, and his face betrayed no hint of amusement. "'And you have surely carried out actions at night, when all markings are invisible?' "'Yes, sir, but night is night, sir, Well, sunflowers is... is sunflowers, sir. I've worn this uniform for more than fifty... all my life, sir, and sneaking around without a uniform is downright dishonourable. It's for spies, sir.' Jackram's face had gone beyond red into crimson, and Polly was amazed to see tears in the corners of his eyes. "'How can we be spies, sergeant, in our own country?' said Blouse, calmly. "'The L.T.'s got a point, Sarge,' said Maledict. Jackram turned like a bull at bay, and then, to Polly's amazement, he sagged. But she wasn't amazed for long. She knew the man. She didn't know why, but there was something about Jackram that she could read. It was in the eyes— he could lie with eyes as honest and tranquil as those of an angel. And if he appeared to be backing away, it was indeed only to get a run-up later on. "'All right, all right,' the sergeant said. "'Upon my oath, I am not a man to disobey orders.' And his eyes twinkled. "'Well done, sergeant,' said Blouse. Jackram pulled himself together. "'I don't want to be a sunflower, though,' he said. "'Happily, there are only fir trees in this area, sergeant.' "'Point!' "'Well made, sir,' Jackram turned to the awed squad. "'All right, last detail,' he bellowed. "'You heard the man spruce up.' It was an hour later. As far as Polly could tell, they'd started out for the mountains, but had travelled in a wide semicircle, so that they ended up facing back the way they had come, but a few miles away. Was Blouse leading, or had he left it to Jackram? Neither man was complaining.' The lieutenant called a halt in a thicket of birch, thus doubling the size of the thicket. You could say that the camouflage effects were effective because bright red and white show up against greens and greys. Beyond that, though, language tended to run out. Jade had scraped off her paint and was green and grey anyway. Igor looked like a walking brush. Wazza quivered like an aspen all the time, so her needles rustled permanently. The others had made more or less reasonable attempts, and Polly was pretty proud of her own efforts. Jackram was about as tree-like as a big red rubber ball. Polly suspected that he'd surreptitiously shine up his brasswork too. Every tree held a mug of tea in limb or hand. After all, they'd stopped for five minutes. Men, said Blouse, as if he'd only just reached that conclusion, you may have gathered that we are heading back toward the mountains to raise a deserter's army there. "'This story is, in fact, a ruse for the benefit of Mr. DeWord.' He paused, as if expecting some reaction. They stared at him. He went on. "'We are, in fact, continuing our journey to the Connect Valley. "'This is the last thing the enemy will be expecting.' Polly glanced at the sergeant. He was grinning. "'It is an established fact that a small, light force "'can get into places that a battalion cannot penetrate,' Blouse went on. "'Men, we will be that force.' "'Is that not right, Sergeant Jackram?' "'Yes, sir.' "'We will come down like a hammer on those forces smaller than us,' said Blouse happily. "'Yes, sir.' "'And from those that outnumber us, we will merge silently into the forest.' "'Yes, sir.' "'We will slip past their sentries.' "'That's right, sir,' said Jackram. "'And take Kneck keep from under their noses.' Jackram's tea sprayed across the clearing. I dare say our enemy feels impregnable just because he commands a heavily armed fort on a rocky crag with walls a hundred feet high and twenty feet thick. blouse continued as if half the trees weren't now dripping tea, but he is in for a surprise. You are right, Sarge,' whispered Polly Jackram was making strange little noises in his throat. Does anyone have any questions? said blouse Igorina raised a branch. How will we get in far she said. Ah. Good question, said Blouse. All will become apparent in due time. Aerial cavalry, said Maledict. Pardon, corporal? Flying machines, sir, said Maledict. They won't know where to expect us. We touch down in a handy LZ, take them out, and then dust off. Blouse's clear brow wrinkled a little. Flying machine, he said. I saw a picture of one by someone called Leonard of Querum." "'A sort of a flying windmill. "'It's just like a big screw up in the sky.' "'I don't think we need one of those, "'although the advice is welcome,' said Blouse. "'Not when we've got a big screw-up down here, sir,' Jackram managed. "'Sir, this is just a bunch of recruits, sir. "'All that stuff about honour and freedom and that, "'that was just for the writer-man, right? "'Good idea, sir, yeah. "'Let's get to Kneck Valley. "'Let's sneak in and join the rest of the lads. "'That's where we ought to be, sir.' "'You can't be serious about taking the keep, sir. "'I wouldn't try that with a thousand men.' "'I might try it with half a dozen, sergeant.' Jackram's eyes bulged. "'Really, sir? "'What'll Private Goom do? "'Tremble at them? "'Young Igor will stitch him up, will he? "'Private Holter will give him a nasty look? "'They're promising, lads, sir, but they're not men.' "'General Tacticus said the fate of a battle "'may depend upon the actions of one man "'in the right place, sergeant.' said Blouse calmly. "'And having a lot more soldiers than the other bugger, sir,' Jackram insisted. "'Sir, we should get to the rest of the army. Maybe it's trapped, maybe it isn't. All that stuff about them not wanting to slaughter us, sir, that makes no sense. The idea is to win, sir. If the rest of them have stopped attacking, it's because they're frightened of us. We should be down there. That's the place for young recruits, sir, where they can learn. The enemy is looking for them, sir.' "'If General Frock is among those captured, the keep will be where he is held,' said Blouse. "'I believe he was the first officer you served under as a sergeant, am I right?' Jackram hesitated. "'That's right, sir,' he said eventually. "'And he was the dumbest lieutenant I've ever met, bar one. "'I am positive there is a secret entrance into the keep, sergeant.' Polly's memory nudged her. "'If Paul was alive, he was in the keep.' She caught Shufti's eye. The girl nodded. She'd been thinking along the same lines. She didn't talk much about her fiancé, and Polly wondered how official the arrangement was. Permission to speak, Sarge, she said. OK, Perks. I'd like to find a way into the keep, Sarge. Perks, are you volunteering to attack the biggest, strongest castle within 500 miles, single-handed? I'll go too, said Shufti. Oh, two of you,' said Jackram. "'Oh, well, that's all right, then.' "'I'll go,' said Wazza. "'The Duchess has told me that I should.' Jackram looked down at Wazza's thin little face and watery eyes and sighed. He turned back to Blouse. "'Let's get a move on, sir, shall we? "'We can talk about this later. "'At least we're headed to Kneck, first stop on the road to hell. "'Perks and Igor, you take point. "'Maledict, yo!' Uh you scout on ahead. I hear ya Good. As the vampire walked past Polly, the world just for a moment changed. The forest became greener, the sky greyer, and she heard a noise overhead like whoop, pop and then it was gone. Vampire hallucinations are contagious, she thought. What's going on in his head? She hurried forward with Igorina, and they set off again through the forest. Birds sang. The effect was peaceful, if you didn't know about birdsong, but Polly could recognise the alarm calls close by and the territorial threats far off, and everywhere the preoccupation with sex. That took the edge off the pleasure. It's hard to be an ornithologist and walk through a wood when all around you the world is shouting, Bugger off, this is my bush, ah, the best thief, have sex with me, I can make my chest big and red. "'Polly,' said Igorina, "'Hm? Could you kill someone if you had to?' Polly came right back to the here and now. "'What sort of question is that to ask anyone?' "'I think it's the sort you'd ask a soldier,' said Igorina. "'I don't know. If they were attacking me, I suppose, hurt them hard enough to keep them lying down anyway. And you?' "'We have a great respect for life, Polly,' said Igorina solemnly, it's easy to kill someone, and almost impossible to bring them back again. Almost? Well, if you don't have a really good lightning rod, and even if you have, they're never quite the same, cutlery tends to stick to them. Igorina, why are you here? The clan isn't very keen on girls getting too involved in the great work. "'said Igorina, looking downcast. "'Stick to your needlework,' my mother keeps saying. "'Well, that's all very fine, "'but I know I'm good at the actual incisions as well, "'especially the fiddly bits, "'and I think a woman on the slab "'would feel a lot better about things "'if she knew there was a female hand "'on the We Belong dead switch. "'Though I thought some battlefield experience "'would convince my father.' "'Soldiers aren't choosy about who saves their lives.' "'I suppose men are the same the world over,' said Polly. "'On the inside, certainly.' "'And, er, you really can put your hair back.' Polly had seen it in its jar when they'd been breaking camp. It had spun gently in its bottle of green liquid like some fine, rare seaweed. "'Oh, yes, scalp transplants are easy. It stings a bit for a couple of minutes, that's all.' There was a movement between the trees, and then the blur resolved itself into Maledict. He held a finger to his lips as he drew closer, and then whispered urgently, is tracking us. Polly and Igarina looked at one another. Who's Charlie? Maledict stared at them, and then rubbed his face distractedly. I'm sorry, uh, sorry, it's... Oh, look, we're being followed, I, I know it. The sun was setting. Polly peered over the rocky ledge back the way they had come. She could make out the track golden and red in the late afternoon light. Nothing was moving. The outcrop was near the top of another rounded hill. The rear of it became the floor of a little enclosed space surrounded by bushes. It made a good lookout for people who wanted to see without being seen, and it had done so in the recent past by the look of the old fires. Maledict was sitting with his head in his hands, with Jackram and Blouse on either side of him. They were trying to understand, and not making much progress. "'So you can't hear anything,' said Blouse. "'No.' "'And you didn't see anything and can't smell anything,' said Jackram. "'No, I told you, but there is something after us, watching us.' "'But if you can't,' Blouse began. "'Look, I'm a vampire,' panted Maledict. "'Just trust me, okay." "'I thought, Sarge,' said Igorina from behind Jackram. "'we igors often serve vampires. "'In times of stress, their personal space "'can extend as much as ten miles from their body.' "'There was the usual pause that followed an extended lisp. "'People need time to think.' "'Stress,' said blouse, "'You know how you can feel that someone's looking at you,' "'mumbled Maledict. "'Well,' "'It's like that times a thousand, and it's not a... a feeling, it's something I know.' "'Lots of people are looking for us, Corporal,' said Blouse, patting him kindly on the shoulder. "'It doesn't mean that they'll find us.' "'Polly, looking down on the gold-lit woodland, opened her mouth to speak. "'It was dry. Nothing came out.' "'Maledict shook the lieutenant's hand away. "'This person isn't looking for us. They know where we are.' "'Polly forced saliva into her mouth and tried again. "'Movement! "'And then it wasn't there any more. "'She'd have sworn there had been something on the path, "'something that merged with the light, "'revealing itself only by the changing, "'wavering pattern of shadows as it moved. "'Er, perhaps not,' she muttered. "'Look, we've all lost sleep, "'and we're all a little strung out,' said Blouse. "'Let's just keep things down, shall we?' I need coffee, moaned Maledict, rocking back and forth. Polly squinted at the distant pathway. The breeze was shaking the trees and red gold leaves were drifting down. For a moment there was just a suggestion. She got to her feet. Stare at shadows and waving branches for long enough, and you could see anything. It was like looking at pictures in the fire. Okay, said Shufty, who'd been working over the fire. "'This might do it. It smells like coffee, anyway. "'Well, quite like coffee. "'Well, quite like coffee if coffee was made from acorns, anyway.' "'She'd roasted some acorns. "'At least the woods had plenty of them at this time of year, "'and everyone knew that roasted, ground acorns "'could be substituted for coffee, didn't they? "'Polly had agreed that it was worth a try.' But as far as she could recall, no one had ever given the choice. Said, "No, I will not touch horrible coffee any more. It's a long black ground acorn substitute for me with extra floating gritty bits." She took the mug from Shufti and carried it over to the vampire. As she bent down, the world changed. Wop, 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 wop. The sky was a haze of dust, turning the sun into a blood red disk. For a moment, Polly saw them in the sky. "'Giant, fat screws spinning in the air, hovering in the air, but drifting slowly toward her. "'He's having flash-sides,' whispered Igorina at her elbow. "'Flash-sides? Like someone else's flash "'We don't know anything about them. They could come from anywhere. "'A vampire at this stage is open to all sorts of influences. "'Give him the coffee, please.' Maledict grabbed the mug and tried to down the contents so quickly that they spilled down his chin. They watched him swallow. Tastes like mud, he said, putting down the mug. Yes, but is it working? Maledict looked up and blinked. Ye gods, but this stuff is gruesome. Are we in a forest or a jungle? Any flying screws? Igorina demanded. How many fingers am I holding up? You know, that's something an Igor should never say, said Maledict, grimacing. But the feelings aren't so strong. I can suck it down. I can gut it out. Polly looked at Igorina, who shrugged and said, That's nice, and motioned to Polly to join her a little way off. He, or possibly she, is right on the edge, she said. Well, we all are, said Polly. "'We're hardly getting any sleep.' "'You know what I mean. "'I've, er, taken the liberty of, er, being prepared.' "'Wordlessly, Igorina let her jacket fall open just for a moment. "'Polly saw a knife, a wooden stake, "'and a hammer in neatly stitched little pockets. "'It's not going to come to that, is it?' "'I hope not,' said Igorina. "'But if it does, I'm the only one who can reliably find the heart.' People always think it's more to the left than... It's not going to come to that, said Polly firmly. The sky was red. The war was a day away. Polly crept along just below the ridge with the tea can. It was tea that kept the army on its feet. Remember what's real. Well, that took some doing. Tonka and Lofty, for example. It didn't matter which of them was on guard. The other one would be there as well. "'and they were sitting side by side on a fallen tree, staring down the slope. "'They were holding hands. "'They always held hands when they thought they were alone. "'But it seemed to Polly that they didn't hold hands like people who were... "'well, friends. "'They held hands tightly, "'like someone who has slipped over a cliff would hold hands with a rescuer, "'fearing that to let go would be to fall away. Tea up!' she quavered. "'The girls turned.' and she dipped a couple of mugs into the scalding tea. You know, she said quietly, no one would hate you if you ran away tonight." What do you mean, Oz? said Lofty. Well, what's there in connect for you? You got away from the school. You could go anywhere. I bet the two of you could sneak. We're staying, said Tonka severely. We talked about it. Where else would we go? Anyway, supposing something is following us. Probably just an animal said Polly, who didn't believe it herself. Animals don't do that, said Tonka, and I don't think Maledict would get so excited. It's probably more spies. Well, we'll get them. Nobody is going to take us back, said Lofty. Oh, er, good, said Polly, backing away. Well, must get on. No one likes cold tea, eh? She hurried around the hill. Whenever Lofty and Tonka were together, she felt like a trespasser. Wazza was on guard in a small dell, watching the land below with her usual expression of slightly worrying intensity. She turned as Polly approached. Oh, Polly, said Wazza. Good news. Oh, good, said Polly weakly. I like good news. She says it will be all right for us not to wear our dimity scarves, said Wazza. What? Oh, good, said Polly. But only because we are serving higher purpose, said Wazza. And... Just as blouse could invert commas, Wazza could drop capital letters into a spoken sentence. That's good, Dan, said Polly. You know, Polly, said Wazza, I think the world would be a lot better if it was run by women. There wouldn't be any wars. Of course, the book would consider such an idea a dire abomination unto Nuggan. It may be in error. I shall consult the Duchess. Bless this cup that I may drink of it, she added. "'Er, yes,' said Polly, and wondered what she should dread more, maledict suddenly turning into a ravening monster, or was her reaching the end of whatever mental journey she was taking? She'd been a kitchen maid, and now she was subjecting the book to critical analysis and talking to a religious icon. That sort of thing led to friction. The presence of those seeking the truth is infinitely to be preferred to the presence of those who think they've found it.' Besides, she thought, as she watched, was a drink. You only thought the world would be better if it was run by women if you didn't actually know many women, or old women at least. Take the whole thing about the dimity scarves. Women had to cover their hair on Fridays, but there was nothing about this in the book, which was pretty pretty damn rigorous about most things. It was just a custom. It was done because it had always been done, "'and if you forgot or didn't want to, "'the old women got you. "'They had eyes like hawks "'they could practically see through walls, "'and the men took notice "'because no man wanted to cross the crones "'in case they started watching him, "'so half-hearted punishment would be dealt out. "'Whenever there was an execution, "'and especially when there was a whipping, "'you always found the grannies in the front row "'sucking on peppermints.' "'Polly,' had forgotten her dimity scarf. She did wear it at home on Fridays for no other reason than that it was easier than not doing so. She vowed that if she ever got back, she'd never do it again. Er, was, she said. Yes, Polly. You've got a direct line to the Duchess, have you? We talk about things, said Wazza dreamily. You, er, couldn't raise the subject of coffee, could you? said Polly wretchedly. "'The Duchess can only move very, very small things,' said Wazza. "'A few beans, perhaps. Was we really need some coffee, "'I don't think the acorns are that much of a substitute.' "'I will pray,' said Wazza. "'Good, you do that,' said Polly. "'And strangely enough, she felt a little more hopeful. "'Maledict had hallucinations, "'but Wazza had a certainty you could bend steel around. "'It was the opposite of a hallucination somehow.' It was as if she could see what was real and you couldn't. Polly, said Wazza, yes. You don't believe in the Duchess, do you? I mean, the real Duchess, not your in." Polly looked into the small, pinched, intense face. Well, I mean, they say she's dead, and I prayed to her when I was small, but since you ask, I don't exactly, um, believe, as uh," she gabbled. She is standing just behind you, just behind your right shoulder. In the silence of the woods, Polly turned. I can't see her, she said. I am happy for you, said Wazza, handing her the empty mug. But I didn't see anything, said Polly. No, said Wazza, but you turned round. Polly had never asked too many questions about the girl's working school. She was, by definition, a good girl. Her father was an influential man in the community, and she worked hard. She didn't have much to do with men, and, most important, she was, well, smart. She was bright enough to do what a lot of other people did in the chronic, reason-free insanity that was everyday life in Munns. She knew what to see and what to ignore, when to obey and when to merely present the face of obedience, when to speak and when to keep her thoughts to herself. She learned the ways of the survivor most people did. But if you rebelled, or were merely dangerously honest, or had the wrong kind of illness, or were not wanted, or were a girl who liked the boys more than the old women thought you should, and worse, were not good at counting, then the school was your destination. She didn't know much about what went on in there, but imagination rushed to fill the gap. "'and she wondered what happened to you in that hellish pressure-cooker. "'If you were tough like Tonka, it boiled you hard and gave you a shell. "'Lofty!' "'It was hard to know. "'She was quiet and shy until you saw firelight reflected in her eyes, "'and sometimes the flames were there in the absence of any fire to reflect. "'But if you was her, dealt a poor hand to start with, "'and locked up, and starved, and beaten—' and mistreated Nuggan knew how, and yes, Polly thought, Nuggan probably did know how, and pushed deeper and deeper into yourself, what would you find down there? And then you'd look up from those depths into the only smile you ever saw. The last man on guard duty was Jackram, because Shufty was busy cooking. He was sitting on a mossy rock, crossbow in one hand, staring at something in his hand. He spun around as she approached, and Polly caught the gleam of gold as something was shoved back in his jacket. The sergeant lowered the bow. "'You make enough noise for an elephant, Perks,' he said. "'Sorry, Sarge,' said Polly, who knew she hadn't. He took the tea mug and turned to point downhill. "'See that bush down there, Perks,' he said. "'Just to the right of that fallen log.' Polly squinted. Yes, Sarge, she said. Notice anything about it? Polly stared again. There must be something wrong about it, she decided, otherwise he wouldn't have asked her. She concentrated. The shadow's wrong, she decided at last. Good lad. The reason being, our chum is behind the bush. He's been a-watching of me, and I've been a-watching of him. Nothing else for it, He'll have it away on his toes as soon as he sees anyone move, and he's too far away to drop an arrow on him. An enemy? I don't think so. A friend? Cocky devil at any rate. He doesn't care that I know he's there. You go on back up the hill, lad, and bring down that big bow we got off the— There he goes. The shadow had vanished. Polly stared into the woods, but the long light was getting crimson, and dusk was unfolding between the trees. It's a wolf, said Jackram. A werewolf? said Polly. Now, what makes you think that? Because Sergeant Towering said we'd got a werewolf in the squad. I'm sure we haven't. I mean, we'd have found out by now, wouldn't we? But I wondered if they'd seen one. Can't do anything about it, anyway, said Jackram. A silver arrow would do the job, but we've got none. What about our shilling, Sarge? Oh, you think you can kill a werewolf with an IOU? Oh, yeah. Then Polly added, You've got a real shilling, Sarge, around your neck, with that gold medallion. If you could have bent steel around Wazza's certainty, you could have heated it with Jackram's glare. What's round my neck is no business of yours, Perks, and the only thing worse than a werewolf is me if anyone tries to take my shilling off me, understand? He softened as he saw Polly's terrified expression. We'll move on after we've eaten, he said. Find a better place for a rest. "'somewhere easier to defend. "'We're all pretty tired, Sarge, "'so I want us all to be upright and armed "'if our friend comes back with his chums,' said Jackram. "'He followed her gaze. "'The gold locket had slipped out of his jacket "'and dangled guiltily on its chain. "'He deftly tucked it away. "'She was just a girl I knew,' said Jackram. "'That's all, right? "'It was a long time ago.' "'I didn't ask you, Sarge,' said Polly, backing away. Jackram's shoulders settled. That's right, lad, you didn't, and I ain't asking you about anything neither, but I reckon we'd better find the corporal some coffee, eh? Amen to that, Sarge. And our Rupert's dreaming of laurel wreaths all round his head, Perks. We've got ourselves a goddamn hero here. Can't think, can't fight, no bloody use at all except for a famous last stand and a medal sent to his old mum. "'And I've been in a few famous last stands, lad, "'and they are butcher shops. "'That's what blouse is leading you into, mark my words. "'What'll you lot do then, eh? "'We've had a few scuffles, but that's not war. "'Think you'll be man enough to stand "'when the metal meets the meat?' "'You did, Sarge,' said Polly. "'You said you were in a few last stands.' "'Yeah, lad, but I was holding the metal.' "'Polly walked back up the slope.' All this, she thought, and we haven't even got there. Sarge is thinking about the girl he left behind. Well, that's normal. And Tonka and Lofty only think about one another. But I suppose after you've been in that school... And as for Wazza... Polly wondered how she would have survived the school. Would she have grown hard like Tonka? Would she have just folded up inside, like the maids who came and went and worked hard and never had a name? Or perhaps... She would have become like Wazza, and found some door in her own head. I may be lowly, but I talk to gods. Wazza had said, Not your inn. Had she ever told Wazza about the Duchess? Surely not. Surely she... But no, she had told Tonka, hadn't she? That was it, then all explained. Tonka must have mentioned it to Wazza at some point. Nothing weird about it at all. "'even if practically no one ever had a conversation with Was, "'It was so hard. "'She was so... intense, so coiled up. "'But that had to be the only explanation, yes. "'She wasn't going to let there be any other.' "'Polly shivered and was aware that someone was walking beside her. "'She looked up and groaned. "'It was a tall, robed figure with a scythe. "'You're a hallucination, right?' "'Oh, yes.' You are all in a state of heightened sensibility caused by mental contagion and lack of sleep. If you're a hallucination, how do you know that? I know it because you know it. I am simply better at articulating it, said Death. I'm not going to die, am I? I mean, right now. No, but you were told that you would walk with Death every day. Oh, yes. Corporal Scalett said that. He is an old friend. You might say he is on the installment plan. Do you mind walking a bit more invisibly? Of course. How's this? And quietly, too? There was silence, which was presumably the answer. And polish yourself up a bit, said Polly to the empty air. "'and that robe needs a wash.' "'There was no reply, "'but she felt better for saying it. Shufty had cooked beef stew "'with dumplings and herbs. "'It was magnificent. "'It was also a mystery. "'I don't recall us passing a cow, private,' "'said Blouse as he handed his tin plate along "'for a second helping. "'Eh, no, sir.' "'And yet you have acquired beef.' "'Eh, yes, sir.' Uh, "'When that writer-man came up in his cart, well, when you were talking, uh, "'I crept around and I took a look inside.' "'There's a name for someone who does that sort of thing, Private,' said Blouse severely. "'Yeah, it's Quartermaster, Shafty. "'Well done,' said Jackram. "'If that writer-man gets hungry, he can always eat his words, eh, Lieutenant?' And uh, yes,' said Blouse carefully. "'Yes, of course. "'Good initiative, Private.' "'Oh, I didn't think it up, sir,' said Shifty brightly. "'Sarge told me to.' Polly stopped, spoon halfway to her mouth, and swivelled her eyes from sergeant to lieutenant. "'You teach looting, sergeant?' said Blouse. There was a joint gasp from the squad. "'If this was the bar back at the Duchess, the regulars would have been hurrying out of the doors, and Polly would have been helping her father get the bottles off the shelf.' "'Not looting, sir, not looting,' said Jackram calmly, licking his spoon. "'Under Duchess's regulations, Rule 611, Section 1C, Paragraph I, sir, it would be plundering, said cart being the property of Bloody Ank Moorpork, sir, which is aiding and abetting the enemy. Plundering is allowed, sir.' The two men held eye contact for a moment, and then Blouse reached behind him and into his pack. Polly saw him draw out a small yet thick book. "'Rule 611,' he murmured. Blouse glanced up at the sergeant and thumbed through the thin, shiny pages. "'611, pillaging, plundering, and looting, ah, yes. And let me see, you are with us, Sergeant Jackram, owing to Rule 796, I think you reminded me at the time.' there was another silence broken only by the riffle of the pages. Seven-nine-six, seven-nine-six, said Blouse softly. Ah! He stared at the page, and Jackram stared at him, and Polly watched Jackram and knew, knew that there was no Rule seven-nine-six. Blouse closed the book with a leathery thwap, "'Absolutely correct, Sergeant,' he said brightly. "'I commend you on your encyclopedic knowledge of the regulations.' Jackram looked astounded. "'What?' "'You were practically word-perfect, Sergeant,' said Blouse. And there was a gleam in his eye. Polly remembered Blouse looking at the captured cavalry captain. This was that same look, the look which said, "'Now I have the upper hand.' Jackram's chins wobbled. "'You had something to add, Sergeant?' said Blouse. Uh, "'No, sir,' said Jackram, his face an open declaration of war. "'We'll leave at moonrise,' said Blouse. "'I suggest we all get some rest until then, and then may we prevail.' He nodded to the group and walked over to where Polly had spread his blanket in the lee of the bushes. After a few moments there were some snores which Polly refused to believe. Jackram certainly didn't. He got up and strode out of the firelight. Polly hurried after him. Did you hear that? snarled the sergeant, staring out at the darkening hills. The little yo-yo. What right has he got checking up in the book of words? Well, you did quote chapter and verse, Sarge, said Polly. So? Officers are supposed to believe what they're told. And then he smiled. Did you see? Caught me out and smiled at me. Thinks he's got one over on me just because he caught me out. You did lie, Sarge. I did not, Perks. It's not lying when you do it to officers. It's presenting them with the world the way they think it ought to be. You can't let them start checking up for themselves. They get the wrong ideas. I told you, it'll be the death of all of us, invading the bloody keep the man's wrong in the head. Sarge, said Polly urgently. Yes, what? We're being signalled, Sarge. On a distant hilltop, twinkling like an early evening star, a white light was flashing. Blouse lowered his telescope. They're repeating CQ, he said, and I believe those longer pauses are when they're aiming their tube in different directions. They're looking for their spies. CQ, see? Private Igor. Thar? You know how that tube works, don't you? Oh, yes, sir, you just light a flare in a box, and then it's just point and click. You're not going to answer it, are you, sir? said Jackram, horrified. I am indeed, sergeant, said Blouse briskly. Private Carborundum, please assemble the tube. Manacle, please bring the lantern. I shall need to read the code-book. But that'll give away our position, said Jackram. No, sergeant, because although this term may be unfamiliar to you, I intend to what we call... Lie, said Blouse. Igor, I'm sure you have some scissors, although I'd rather you didn't attempt to repeat the word. I have some of the appliances you mentioned, sir, said Igorina stiffly. Good, Blouse looked around. It's almost pitch dark now, ideal. Take my blanket and cut, oh, a three-inch circle out of it, and then tie the blanket over the front of the tube. That will cut off most of the light, sir. Indeed it will. My plan depends upon it. "'said Blouse proudly. "'Sir, they will see the light. "'They'll know we're here,' said Jackram, "'as though repeating things to a child. "'I explained, Sergeant. "'I will lie,' said Blouse. "'You can't lie when—' "'Thank you for your input, Sergeant. "'That will be all for now,' said Blouse. "'Are we ready, Igor?' "'Just about, sir,' said Igorina, "'tying the blanket across the end of the tube. "'Okay, sir, I'll light the flare when you say.' Blouse unfolded the little book. "'Ready, Private?' he said. "'Yep,' said Jade. "'On the word long, you will hold the trigger for the count of two, and then let go. "'On the word short, you will hold it down for the count of one, and likewise let it go. "'Got that?' "'Yep, L.T. "'Could hold it down for lots, if you like,' said Jade. "'One, two, many, lots. "'I'm good at counting. "'I as you like.' Just say the word. Two will suffice, said Blouse. And you, Private Goom, I want you to take my telescope and look for long and short flashes from that light over there. Understand? Polly saw Wazza's face and said quickly, I'll do that, sir. A small white hand was laid on her arm. In the miserly glimmer of the dark lantern, Wazza's eyes glowed with the light of certainty. The Duchess guides our footsteps now, she said. "'and took the telescope from the lieutenant. "'What we are doing is her work, sir.' "'Is it?' "'Oh, well, that's good,' said Blouse. "'She will bless this instrument of far-seeing "'that I may use it,' said Wazza. "'Indeed,' said Blouse, nervously. "'Well done. "'Now, are we ready? "'Send as follows. "'Long, long, short.' The shutter in the tube clicked and rattled as the message flashed out across the sky. When the troll lowered the tube, there was half a minute of darkness, and then. Short. Long, Wasser began. Blouse held the codebook up to his face, his lips moving as he read by the pinpoints of light escaping from the joints of the box. W. R. U., he said, and M. S. G. P. R. That's not a message, said Jackram. "'On the contrary, they want to know where we are, "'because they're having trouble seeing our light,' said Blouse. "'Send as follows. "'Short, I protest, sir.' "'Blouse lowered the book. "'Sergeant, I am about to tell our spy "'that we are seven miles further away than we really are. "'Do you understand? "'And I am certain they will believe us "'because I have artificially reduced the light output from our device. "'Do you understand?' and I will tell them that their spies have encountered a very large party of recruits and deserters heading for the mountains and are in pursuit. Do you understand? I am making us invisible. Do you understand? Do you understand, Sergeant Jackram? The squad held their breath. Jackram drew himself stiffly to attention. Fully understood, sir, he said. Very well. Jackram stood to attention as the messages were exchanged, like a naughty pupil forced to stand by the teacher's desk. Messages flashed across the sky from hilltop to hilltop. Lights flickered. The clack's tube rattled. Wazza called out the longs and shorts. Blouse scribbled in the book. S-P-P-2, he said aloud. Ha! That's an order to remain where we are. More flashes, sir, said Wazza. T-Y-E-3, said Blouse, still making notes. That's be ready to give aid. N-V-A-S-N, that's... That's not a code, sir, said Polly. Private. Send as follows, right now, Blouse croaked. Long, long. The message went. They watched while the dew fell, and overhead the stars came out and twinkled messages no one ever tried to read. The clacks went silent. ''Now we leave as soon as possible,'' said Blouse. He gave a little cough. ''I believe the phrase is, ''Let us get the heck out of here.'' ''Close, sir,'' said Polly. ''Quite close.'' There was an old, very old, Borogravian song with more Zs and Vs in it than any Lowlander could pronounce. It was called ''Blogvierzdi,'' and it meant ''The sun has risen, let's make war.'' You needed a special kind of history to get all that in one word. Sam Vimes sighed. The little countries here fought because of the river, because of idiot treaties, because of royal rows, but mostly they fought because they had always fought. They made war, in fact, because the sun came up. This war had tied itself in a knot. Downriver, the valley narrowed to a canyon before the Knek plunged over a waterfall a quarter of a mile high. Anyone trying to get up through the jagged mountains there would find themselves in a world of gorges, knife-edged ridges, permanent ice and even more permanent death. Anyone trying to cross the connect into Slovenia now would be butchered on the shore. The only way out of the valley was back along the Knek, which would put an army under the shadow of the keep that had been fine when the keep was in Borogravian hands. Now that it had been captured, they'd be passing in range of their own weapons. And such weapons! Vimes had seen catapults that would throw a stone ball three miles. When it landed, it would crack into needle-sharp shards. Or there was the other machine, which sent six-foot steel discs skimming through the air. Once they'd hit the ground and leapt up again, they were unreliable as hell, but that only made them more terrifying. "'Vimes had been told that the edged disc "'would probably keep going for several hundred yards, "'no matter how many men or horses it encountered on the way. "'And they were only the latest ideas. "'There were plenty of conventional weapons, "'if by that you meant giant bows, catapults, "'and mangonels that hurled balls of a Phoebian fire "'which clung while it burned. "'From up here, in his drafty tower, "'he could see the fires of the dug-in army all across the plain. "'They couldn't retreat.' and the Alliance, if that's what you could call the petulant hubbub, didn't dare head up the valley into the heart of the country with that army at their back, yet didn't have enough men to hold the keep and corral the enemy. And in a few weeks it would start to snow. The passes would fill up. Nothing would be able to get through. And every day thousands of men and horses would need feeding. Of course the men could, eventually, eat the horses— thus settling two feeding problems at a stroke. After that, there would have to be the good old leg rotor, which, Vimes understood from one of the friendliest Slovenians, was a common feature of winter warfare up here. Since he was Captain Hopalong Splatzer, Vimes believed him. And then it would rain, and then the rain and the snow melt together would turn the damn river into a flood. But before that, the alliance would have bickered itself apart and gone home. All the Borogravians had to do, in fact, was hold their ground to score a draw. He swore under his breath. Prince Heinrich had inherited the throne in a country where the chief export was a kind of hand-painted wooden clog, but in ten years he vowed his capital city of Rigour would be the Ankh-Morpork of the mountains. For some reason, he thought Ankh-Morpork would be pleased about this. He was anxious, he said, to learn the Ankh-Morpork way of doing things, the kind of innocent ambition that could well lead to an aspiring ruler, well, finding out the Ankh-Morpork way of doing things. Heinrich had a reputation locally for cunning, but Ankh-Morpork had overtaken cunning a thousand years ago, had sped past devious, had left artful far behind, and had now, by a roundabout route, arrived at straightforward. "'Vimes leafed through the papers on his desk "'and looked up when he heard a shrill, harsh cry outside. "'A buzzard came in a long, shallow swoop "'through the open window "'and alighted on a makeshift perch "'at the far end of the room. "'Vimes strolled over as the little figure on the bird's back "'raised his flying goggles. "'How's it going, buggy?' he said. "'They're getting suspicious, Mr. Vimes, "'and Sergeant angus says it's getting a bit risky now "'if they're so close.' tell her to come on in, then.' "'Right, sir. And they still need coffee?' "'Oh, damn, haven't they found any?' "'No, sir. And it's getting tricky with the vampire.' "'Well, if they're suspicious now, then they'll be certain if we drop a flask of coffee on them.' "'Sergeant Anguas says we'll probably get away with it, sir.' "'She didn't see why.' The gnome looked expectantly at Vimes. So did his buzzard. "'They've come a long way, sir, for a bunch of girls. Well, Mostly, girls. Vimes reached out absent mindedly to pet the bird. Don't, sir, she'll have your thumb off, Buggy yelled. There was a knock on the door, and Reg came in with a tray of raw meat. Saw so Buggy overhead, so I thought I'd nip down to the kitchen, sir. Well done, Reg. Don't they ask why you want raw meat? Yes, sir. I tell them you eat it, sir. Vimes paused before answering. Reg meant well after all. Well, it probably can't do my reputation any harm, he said. By the way, what was going down in the crypt? Oh, they're not what I'd call proper zombies, sir, said Reg, selecting a piece of meat and dangling it in front of Morag. More like dead men walking. Er, uh, yes, said Vimes. I mean, there's no real thinking going on. "'The zombie went on, picking up another lump of raw rabbit. "'No embracing the opportunities of a life beyond the grave, sir. "'They're just a lot of old memories on legs. "'The sort of thing that gives zombies a bad name, Mr Vimes. "'It makes me so angry.' "'Morag tried to snap at another lump of bloody rabbit fur "'that Reg, oblivious for the moment, was waving aimlessly. "Eh, "'Reg,' said Buggy. "'How hard can it be, sir, to move with the times?' Now, take me, for example. One day, I woke up dead. Did I... Reg, Vimes warned as Morag's head bobbed back and forth. Take it lying down, no. And I didn't... Reg, be careful. She's just had two of your fingers off. What? Oh. Reg held up a denuded hand and stared at it. Oh, now, will you look at that? He peered down at the floor with a hope that was quickly dashed. Blast. Any chance we can make her throw up? "'Only by sticking your remaining fingers down her throat, Reg. "'Sorry, Buggy, do the best you can, please. "'And you, Reg, go back downstairs "'and see if they've got any coffee, will you?' "'Oh, dear,' murmured Shufty. "'It's big,' said Tonka. Blouse said nothing. "'Not seen it before, sir,' said Jackram cheerfully "'as they stared at the distant keep. "'If there is a fairy-tale scale for castles,' where the top end is occupied by those white, spire-encrusted castles with the blue pointy roofs, then Connec Keep was low, black, and clung to its outcrop like a storm cloud. A bed of the Connec ran around it. Along the peninsula on which it was built, the approach road was wide and bereft of cover, and an ideal stroll for those who were tired of life. Blouse took all this in. Uh, no, sergeant,' said Blouse. "'I've seen pictures, of course, but they don't do it justice.' "'Any of them books you read tell you what to do, sir?' said Jackram. They were lying in some bushes half a mile away from the keep. "'Possibly, sergeant. In the Craft of War, Song Sung low said, "'To win without fighting is the greatest victory. "'The enemy wishes us to attack where he is strongest. "'Therefore, we will disappoint him. "'A way will present itself, sergeant.' "'Well, it's never presented itself to me, and I've been here dozens of times,' said Jackram, still grinning. "'Ha! Even the rats would have to disguise themselves as washerwomen to get in that place. Even if you get up that road, you've got narrow entrances, holes in the ceiling to pour hot oil through, gates everywhere that a troll couldn't smash through, couple of mazes, a hundred little ways you can be shot at. Oh, it's a wonderful place to attack.' "'I wonder how the Alliance got in,' said blouse. "'Treachery, probably, sir.' the world's full of traitors. Or perhaps they discovered the secret entrance, sir. You know, sir, the one you're sure is there. Or perhaps you've forgotten. It's the sort of thing that can slip your mind when you're busy, I expect. We shall reconnoitre, Sergeant, said Blouse coldly as they crawled out of the bushes. He brushed leaves off his uniform. Thalocephalos, or as Blouse referred to her, the faithful steed, had been turned loose miles back. "'You couldn't sneak around on horseback, and as Jackram had pointed out, "'the creature was too skinny for anyone to want to eat, "'and too vicious for anyone to want to ride.' "'Right, sir, yes, we might as well do that, sir,' said Jackram now, "'all gloating helpfulness. "'Where would you like us to reconnoitre, sir?' "'There must be a secret entrance, sergeant. "'No one would build a place like that with only one entrance. Agreed?' "'Yes, sir. Only perhaps they kept it a secret, sir.' "'Only trying to help, sir.' They turned at the sound of urgent praying. Wazza had fallen to her knees, hands clasped together. The rest of the squad edged away slowly. Piety is a wonderful thing. What is he doing, Sergeant? said Blouse. Praying, sir, said Jackram. I've noticed he does that a lot. Is that er uh, within regulations, sergeant? The lieutenant whispered. Always a difficult one, sir, that one, said Jackram. "'I have, myself, prayed many times on the field of battle. "'Many times have I said the soldier's prayer, sir, "'and I don't mind admitting it.' Er uh, I don't think I know that one,' said Blouse. "'Oh, I reckon the words will come to you soon enough, sir, "'once you're up against the foe. "'Generally, though, they're on the lines of, "'Oh, God, let me kill this bastard before he kills me.' Jackram grinned at Blouse's expression. "'That's what I call the authorised version, sir.' "'Yes, sergeant, but where would we be if we all prayed all the time?' said the lieutenant. "'In heaven, sir, sitting at Nuggan's right hand,' said Jackram promptly. "'That's what I was taught as a little nipper, sir. "'Of course, it'll be a bit crowded, so it's just as well we don't.' At which point Waza stopped praying and stood up, brushing dust off her knees. She gave the squad her bright, worrying smile. "'The Duchess will guide our steps,' she said. "'Oh, good,' said Blouse weakly. "'She will show us the way.' "'Wonderful. "'Ah, uh, did she mention a map reference at all?' "'said the lieutenant. "'She will give us eyes that we might see.' "'Ah, good. "'Well, jolly good,' said Blouse. "'I definitely feel a lot better for knowing that. "'Don't you, sergeant?' "'Yes, sir,' said Jackram. "'Cause before this, sir, we didn't have a prayer.' They scouted in threes, while the rest of the squad lay up in a deep hollow among the bushes. They were enemy patrols, but it's not hard to avoid half a dozen men who stick to the tracks and aren't being careful not to make a noise. The troops were Slovenian and acted as though they owned a place. End of CD 6